Are you tired of conflict, drama, fighting, and people problems? Are you ready to learn the simple skills to improve all your relationships and make them thrive? Well, it's easier than you think. Relationship Radio brings you practical advice to be your best and improve your life. We break down the complicated problems and make them simple and easy. And when you know better, you can do better. Here are Master Life Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles. Welcome to Relationship Radio on Voice America, where we make healthy relationships simple and easy. Because once you know better, you can do better. I'm Nicole Cunningham. And I'm Kim Giles. We're happy to be here today. Now, today's show is going to be fun, Kim. We're talking about parenting, but specifically mother guilt. And I have to tell you, I don't know a single mother who's not experienced this in some way or form in their parenting journey, Kim. It just seems to be one of those things that happens to everyone. Well, I think the problem is no matter how hard we try, we're not going to do our job perfectly, which means no matter how hard we try, we end up kind of feeling like maybe we weren't enough as a parent. And I think a lot of the time we compare ourselves to others and to other mums. I wonder whether it's actually something that's truly about our kids or whether it's about mother-to-mother comparison. I have to tell you, I, re- I remember when my kids were super, super little and all of my friends would run these incredible Pinterest birthday parties, right? And and I have to tell you, I, that's my biggest confession is that I, I will bribe and buy anything, you know, within reason, any limitate, you know, to, to not get a birthday party twice a year for, for each of my kids, right? I can't stand it because I, I, it doesn't come naturally to me as an arrow in the 12-shape system. The whole idea of having people over at my house, it's an invasion of privacy and having to do all of that creative stuff, I, I just want to run for the hills. And so it's this funny family joke as to, well, you know, what do I get for my birthday this year? I'm like, Disneyland, where do we want to go? Like, I'll take you anywhere. Just don't put me through this. And if I'm truly honest and and being very vulnerable today, sharing that that's my biggest mummy guilt story, if I'm truly honest, it's got nothing to do with my kids, actually. It's got to do with I don't like people in my space. I don't like other mums coming in and judging me and comparing my birthday party to their incredible Pinterest birthday parties because I'm just, I'm not good at that stuff, Kim. Nicole, the real issue here has to do with the 12 shapes because you're an arrow, you know, um, because we're both arrows housekeeping and decorating and makeup and I mean there's so many things that we don't care about so we don't put effort into it and we, we cannot compete with moms who are good at that but wouldn't you say each of the shapes has got strengths and weaknesses and our guilt is probably all around whatever our weaknesses are. Yeah I remember meeting you in India um, and that was what May two years ago? Fifteen? 2015, I think. I think yeah. It was so we met in an elevator in India. We we're both speaking at the same women's conference in Delhi. And I remember being able to identify you as an arrow. And I remember sharing with you what the arrow profile meant and, and watching you have this light bulb moment where, oh my gosh, my whole life I've compared myself to other women because I felt like the plain Jane or perhaps the one that was a little bit more tomboyish or a little bit more practical, pragmatic. And you'd compared yourself against other women who were good at hair and makeup. It was a really big breakthrough. Do you want to share a little about that? Yeah, actually, I mean, it still is. Everywhere I go, I notice the these women that just are put together, I, I and I look at their makeup and I'm like, and I've tried. I've had like gone and had makeovers and had people try to teach me how to do makeup. I still can't do it. I cannot do it. I'm I'm I am more tomboyish 
And I think that's probably consistent with arrows. We have a little more masculine energy. and But at the end of the day, it's a time factor. I mean, they show me what to do. Well, it would take 45 minutes to put my makeup on every day if I did what they're showing And I'm just not willing to do that. But I still, then I go out and I see these gorgeous women and I feel horrible about myself. And so we're talking about stars here, right? We're talking about stars and octagons who are very, very diamonds and diamonds who are very good at aesthetics and putting outfits together. And they have this real creative talent. Now, talking about diamonds, I compare myself to a diamond women because they live in super clean houses, right? And I joke about it and go, well, I live in a house and I don't live in a museum. But there's that part of me that's made that joke because I tell you, I wish I could be like that. I wish I could have a house that is so spotless and clean. Now, if you're listening to this and you can't go to bed until all the dishes are all put away, they're not in the sink, or perhaps you have a super clean clean pantry or all of your wardrobe is color-coded or coded by seasons, you're a diamond because this is your strength. This is what you rock at, systems and making things work and, um, and having order. And, and you know what? We all need a little bit of order. And I think that's that part of me that has a little bit of intimidation from these diamond women who just seem to have it all together. So, Nicole, don't you think diamond women have guilt and compare their, themselves to other women? What, what, do they, what do stars and diamonds see in us that they wish they had? Well, a lot of the time, and we receive this from our friends who are different shapes. Oh, gosh, I wish I was so driven like you. I wish I could get out of bed in the morning and go to the gym. I and mean, we're at CrossFit at 5 a.m. every morning of the week. Uh, people, women, other women go, I don't know how you do that. And gosh, you're so successful. You balance so much. You always got these great ideas. So I think they're admiring that successful entrepreneurial part of, of what an arrow is. Now, this is important because if we can love other women for what they are, because we do, we love them and don't judge them, we can then love ourselves. And I really think mummy guilt or mommy guilt, because we're in the States, um, I think that that is about comparing mother to mother. I actually don't think it's about our kids. Yeah, I agree. I I also just think this is the underlying reason that the 12-shape relationship system is so powerful is that we've all, no matter if you're a mom or not, we've got to stop believing that what we are isn't enough or isn't right and think that we need to be something other than what we are. And every human on the planet, I think, battles that. Yeah, that's been the real premise and the drive behind Relationship Radio and the 12-shape system is that there are 12 different types of people in the world and they all have the same value. And so when we can truly uh, see everybody as the same, we're not in judgment and then we're not in comparison. So another element around that 12-shape system is that you can actually stand up for what you're good at and celebrate that for yourself, right? And maybe that's a big part of our message today with Mummy Guilt is rock what you are and feel good about yourself and give yourself praise because I don't think many women do that. We, we tear ourselves down rather than actually build ourselves up, Kim. So, Nicole, I've started this little ritual every morning. I, I get up, I shower, I do my hair the best I can. I try to put my makeup on. And then I look at myself in the mirror and I say, okay, don't even worry about all that. Go get them with your love. I love that. I love that. Right? Because I think at the end of the day, what people like about us isn't what we look like. It's about how we make them feel. Right? It's about the connection that we have with people and how we show up for them. And that's what we should be focusing on is our, uh, all of us, and I don't care what shape you are, I believe at your core, your love. 
it's it's who we really are when we're at our truest self. So if you don't know what shape you are in the 12 shape system yet, you want to jump on to 12shapes.com, take the free relationship survey there, or you can actually text 12 shapes to 801-666-2932 so that you can understand what your strengths are and then, yeah, go and get them with your love. I want to talk about for a minute as part of this mummy guilt, Kim, that I think a lot of us, we, we overgive. I think with the love, I think it's great and it's a great intention. But I think that as women and as mothers, I think we give more than what we receive. And I think that we don't take enough personal accountability for our own energy levels and even our love levels. I love my children and I love them so much when they're asleep. Kim, can I tell you how much I love my children when they're asleep? Okay. And what, what what's that really about? Yes, they're beautiful and they've got that gorgeous pale skin and the red lip glow. I mean, we've all sat there and admired our children when they've slept. But I think it's because I finally go, oh, my goodness, the job is done and I can be in the same room, but nothing's being asked of me. Finally. So, Let's talk about that for a little bit, about how every woman, every mother really needs to take that personal responsibility for having that love to give. Well, I think we misunderstand. We assume that when we hear the word love, we're talking about how you treat other people. And I, I feel very strongly, Nicole, that we need to redefine love as an equal caring towards yourself and other people. And our problem is, as mothers, as women, we tend to think, Loving behavior means sacrificing yourself and overgiving to everybody else and being this amazing giver who ends up completely exhausted and empty because her own needs haven't been met. Usually she ends up feeling unappreciated because literally the people in her life have grown accustomed to her overgiving and now expect it and don't appreciate it anymore. So we get a lot of women who come for coaching who are just empty because they have shown up as the love that's who they are, but only towards other people. So I've got a great image with this. Now, uh, do you know the show Thomas the Tank Engine, Kim? Okay, that's been a long time since my kids were that little. But yeah, we, okay. we knew it. Great. So if you remember the old series before it became all super politically correct, there was the the fat controller was the one who was the main character that, that housed all and looked after all of these trains. Now, as a mother, I think of my life and all of the things that I have to do as trains on train tracks and that I am like the fat controller character in that it's my responsibility to keep all of these trains on the tracks and, and have them come into their sheds at night and be looked after and then send them out on their jobs every day filled up and all of their wheels working and they've got all the coal and all the rest of it. Now, that is the reality of being a mother. But in order for me to step up to the plate and have any hope at doing any of that well and actually not having chaos with my trains where they run off the tracks and they crash into each other, I have to take stock, Kim. I have to be super clear about how am I going to get myself ready to manage my station and all of my trains and keep them on track. So self-care is a really big part of this conversation. So the gym, having people pour and invest into me. but this, but And all of that self-care is great, but the other side of the coin is my boundaries, Kim. If I'm not clear about what I allow and what I'm willing to continue in all of my relationships, so we teach people how to treat them. And what you were saying with, with these women coming into coaching is a lot of them have really unclear boundaries with everyone in their life, their children, their spouse, their family, their birth family, their friends, their coworkers, their boss. And so we are not taking responsibility to being that really great fat controller. 
So we're really not taking responsibility to meet our own needs. And and I want to just clarify this lack of boundaries. It's really about not giving yourself permission to make you as important as everyone else. I, I find the people who have these boundary issues, they need us to give them permission without feeling guilty to actually take care of themselves and make sure their own needs are met. And don't you agree with me? So many of them are so resistant to wouldn't that make me selfish? And I think that comes from a place of always being a pleaser. I think a lot of girls growing up, we were taught to keep everybody happy and to keep the peace. And I think we have a lot of behaviors from those foundational years, zero to seven, where we actually spent a lot of time pleasing others, learning that if everybody else around me is good, then we're in a position where we can feel good about ourselves. We learned that putting other people and pleasing others is perhaps more important than our own needs. So I think this is something that's really become a behavioral thing where we spend a lot of time and energy pleasing others and anything less than that, we create this story in our mind and this belief system that I'm selfish and that I'm not a good enough mother. Oh, I think that's exactly what we do. I, you know, it it comes down to perspective and what we were taught. I actually had a client in the office this morning and we were talking about where, where she learned this behavior of overgiving. It obviously came from her mother and her mother learned it from her mother. And, and I hate to clarify this, but as women, we are passing this idea down that in order to make everybody happy and, and be good, a good person, that's what it requires. So really, we're talking about balance here, Kim, that, that giving is just as important as receiving. And so what is it that we're actually receiving? How do we receive? Well, we've got to receive from our spouse, from our children, from our friends. We've got to receive from our own hobbies and our own interests. So if we're not actually receiving and that balance isn't right, then we are going to be in a position where we're constantly overgiving. Okay, so I, I always shock women in our office when we tell them we want a more equal balance between giving and receiving. And they're like, whoa, I mean, like half the time I should be taking care of myself. And the reality is I don't think they get anywhere close to half. But even just a little more self-care, they immediately do battle with huge guilt that they're a bad person. If I leave my kids to go exercise every day, does that make me a selfish bad person? That's where this permission piece comes in. And I love watching you do the permission piece with our clients. Yeah, so the way that I've done this is, again, trying to make it very visual. And and at this, I have to tell you, this technique came from me being in a place where I was a single mom and I was overgiving and I had really unhealthy boundaries. Where I actually wrote myself a permission slip every single day to say, I give myself permission to be happy and to be healthy. That's where I had to be start, had to start, Kim, was those absolute bare essentials. And so it it started with, I give myself permission to go to the gym. I give myself permission to spend time preparing my meals. I give myself permission to socialize with friends. And so the first thing to do is to actually take some internal inventory. If you are not, if you're in this overgiving place and you're, you're unclear about your boundaries and you do feel like you're in constant guilt and that you're not doing anything right, because I have to tell you, all of us have been there, Kim, you need to take this internal inventory and say, what do I actually need? If I gave myself permission, what would I 
do? Because so many women that we coach, Kim, when I say, well, what would you do? If I was to take your children for an hour a day, what would you do? And they look at me blankly because it's been so long that they even gave themselves permission. Most of their day is putting out fires and, and tending to the absolute essentials. So there has to be a personal discovery piece, a permission piece here to say, yeah, you know what? What I miss the most from being single and before my kids arrived was this. And that might be reading for a lot of women. It might be exercise. It might be, you know what? I just need a nap. I want to go to the supermarket without anybody at my ankles, right? What would you actually do if you gave yourself permission? Nicole, the other thing I just want everybody to watch for is is make sure you are owning the responsibility. It's on you to make sure your bucket's full. We have a tendency when our bucket gets empty to blame other people in our life. If there's a partner, a spouse in your life, we can actually project that onto them and expect them to fill my bucket up. What's wrong with you? You're not doing this for me. And, And it is not their job. It is your job to make sure your needs are met. So just make sure that you're not putting that on anybody else and and really owning that you are the one that's got to fill your bucket. I love that. We've got to take a break. Uh, Thank you for being with us here on Relationship Radio. We'll take a break. We'll be back with some more. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Why does my marriage have to be so hard? How do I get my teen to communicate without drama? Why is my boss such a jerk? Why is my mother-in-law so controlling? If you want the answers to these questions and many more, you must read the new book, called The People's Guidebook for Great Relationships. It's a small book and a quick read, but packed with the information you've always needed to understand and get along with all the people in your life. Master Life Coaches Nicole and Kim show you how to resolve conflicts and what language to use with each of your children to build more meaningful connections. In this new book, they reveal their life-changing 12 Shapes People Science and teach you about yourself and other people on a level that changes everything. Get your copy of the People Guidebook for Great Relationships at 12shapes.com. Again, the number 12shapes.com. Most companies have an existing accounting and finance department which are very capable of handling their day-to-day workload. However, all companies have extra or lingering projects from time to time. Now CFO provides extra professionals as an extension of your current team for those times. We help push accounting and finance projects across the finish line. We can also backfill full-time finance and accounting positions on an interim basis. Now CFO is a fully scalable outsourced solution. Throttle our hours up or down depending on your needs. Now CFO consultants work under your guidance at your location so you can oversee the hours we put in. We are engaged to deliver a solution. Visit nowcfo.com to learn more or call now CFO at 1-855-669-2361 to schedule a free consultation today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at upskillrelationships.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Well, you're here with Nicole and Kim, and we're talking about mother guilt today and, and not ever feeling like we're good enough and and making sure our own self-care is important and not feeling guilty for taking care of yourself. Uh, before we jump back into our content, Nicole, I do want to just thank our sponsor, Now CFO, that has sponsored our show since the beginning. And we've been so grateful, not only for their help with the radio show, but also for the work they do for us as our accountants. And, and I have to admit, before we brought them on board, our books were kind of a mess. And it's been a lifesaver to have somebody come in and fix our books, but only have to pay them for the work they do and not have a full-time accounting employee in our business. We've just been so grateful. If you have a business, big or small, and you need some accounting help, go look up nowcfo.com. You won't regret it. We actually have a caller who's dialed in. Elena, how are you? I'm doing really good, Nicole. That's awesome. Elena, I'd love to... I'd love to hear what's your personal situation with mother guilt because we talked about this in the beginning of the show. I don't think there's a mother on the planet that doesn't experience this. You're totally. Um, my my good girlfriend and I were sitting together the other day, and and she she was she'd been at a mom support group, and there were women whose children were in their thirties, and they were still dealing with mom guilt. <laughs> It just—it really shocked me. I was like, "Oh, I figured eventually it would stop, but but maybe it won't." And uh, yeah, it really just made me look at mom guilt differently. Yeah. So, in what way does mother guilt show up for you in your family? Um, I would say that it's probably in like my work, my work mom balance. So I'm a I'm a single mom and have been since Alex was well since I was pregnant, really. Um, and so I've always been balancing working and, uh, taking care of my son and spending good time with him and trying to find time to to do things that I think are fun too. And I would say it was probably, you know, one of the, one of the best examples of like the mom guilt thing and something that my mom passed down to me is I was raised in a family where we didn't really watch TV, like hardly at all. I got cable from when I was like 12 to 14 and my mom was like, that was enough, cut it off. Um, and so when Alex was really little, we literally, like, until he was maybe four, we literally didn't watch any TV, which I can, like, pat myself on the back and be, like, good mom for. But in real- reality, it would have been so helpful to have, like, an hour and a half to just have a nap or do whatever while he watched something. Um, and it wasn't until I, like, until a friend, like, sort of sat me down and was like, hey, Lena, this might be easier for you. I was like, oh. Okay, but then once I started doing that, because it was something that was so taboo in my family, like I had to go through all sorts of guilt that now I was like a terrible mother because I was letting my kid watch like super cute animated things, but it was just like against the the system or the mindset that I'd been raised with. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just wondering if you guys have um, like some more ways to feel better around, around that topic or it'd be really helpful. Thanks, Lena. I have the biggest smile on my face because what as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, you know what, we we place these imposed issues on ourselves, don't we? Uh, we yeah. 
this is totally our own gridlocked mindset. This is our own subconscious, our own belief systems about the world and about motherhood that have us jammed. So we can, you know, we can just be our own worst enemy when it comes to to motherhood. Thank you so much for calling in, Elena. Let's give you some more tools about how to actually get out of this non-productive guilt because there's nothing productive about it, Kim. Yeah, you know, listening to her, I I know every single mother in today's world has screen time mother guilt, right? Because the kids want that time in front of the screen and it makes our life so much easier to let them stay there. But we all know that in the long term, that's not good for them. Oh, I think we all go through it. Okay. So bottom line, we've got to cut ourselves some slack about this perfect mom that we think we have to be. And of course, we're going to do the best that we can all the time. But the reality is you're never going to be the perfect mom. You're, there's no such thing as the perfect mom. So we've kind of got to take that off the table and cut ourselves some slack, mostly because the more you hold on to that guilt, the worse of a mother you'll actually be. You'll be in a fear state, always afraid of failing, and you'll have less ability to show up with love for your children. Wouldn't you agree, Nicole? Yes, yeah, so perfect in my home is actually a dirty word and it's it's a dirty word because it actually sets me up to fail. So yes, I'm consciously trying to teach my children progress and not perfection and, and I've got a lot of ideals around that. But more than anything, I'm so aware of this part of me that can compare that perfect is just not allowed in my home at all. And so my, my nine-year-old will often correct me and say, that's a dirty word, mum, we need to replace it. So I think that's a good thing to do. Don't even use that language because it will set you up to fail. Okay. We also need to be really realistic about how much you can do with the hours you have available, especially if you're a working mom. I've been a working single mom for a lot of my life. And there is so much guilt when you're trying to hold a job and take care of a family. When you're working on work, you feel guilty you're not focused with the kids and when you're with the kids you feel guilty you're not focused on work you feel guilty all the time we we've got to be really realistic if you're a working mom you only have so many hours in the day that you're not at work what are the most important things that need to be done with that time and and it is always going to mean dropping some things i mean i think that's the first most important thing you could do to help with mother guilt is figure out what you could not do anymore. How could you lower the standard of the bar and make sure that the most important things are being done and a whole lot of other good things that would be great but aren't necessary probably have to go. Which means that we have to actually see our own value differently, Kim. And this has been a really big theme of of what we do, our coaching program, and therefore Relationship Radio, is that your value can't be earned by how clean your house is or those amazing Pinterest lunchboxes. I mean, have you seen those things, Kim? I mean, there are some super talented women, but it's never going to be me. So I can celebrate those women and how amazing they rock those kids' lunchboxes, but it doesn't change my value that my kids get you know, corn chips and, and a thing of avocado and some carrot sticks. Like that to me is is still, it has the same value. My kids are eating, it's nutritious and, and that comparison has to stop there. So we've got to actually adjust for women, for every one of our listeners who's listening today going, gosh, I want to out of this. I don't want to feel like this anymore. Um, the way that you see your value has to change. So you're in keeping this internal scorecard every time that you compare yourself to others, just like Elena was saying about that TV and that belief system. Work out the kind of mum that you want to be, 
what's important to you, what where your priorities are going to lie, and anything that does fall doesn't actually dock your value. Yes. As a matter of fact, every woman on the call that hears this recording, we're going to beg you to go back and listen to our Human Behavior 101 show where we teach you exactly how to change the policy upon which you determine your own value and the value of other human beings. It's probably the single most important thing that you can do is to decide that for you, life is a classroom. It's not a test. And what that means is that your value isn't in question. It doesn't go up and down based on how well you did today. Your value is the same as every other human being. And it's the same every day, no matter what happens all the time. So you can't fail. There, you can't fail if there's no test. You can learn, and every mistake experience is something to learn from, but none of it changes your value. You're always going to have the same value as everybody else. It's hugely life-changing. Absolutely. And as you're saying that, another thought's coming to mind, you know, another tip is be realistic about what it is that you can achieve. Now, I remember my youngest daughter has special needs. I haven't talked about that a lot on the show, but I remember in the very early days of trying to parent a newborn baby who who had a lot of complications and little sleep, a three-year-old that I was still trying to be aware, aware for. And there were a lot of days that I the fact that I got groceries was was a big deal. So if I went and I had slippers on and I hadn't brushed my hair for, you know, two days and I was lucky if I brushed my teeth, that was my reality back then. And I look back and I, I can laugh about it now. But at that time, I remember thinking, I am the most dysfunctional mother on the planet. Why can I not get it together? And being realistic about what you actually can achieve because some of us do have really complicated scenarios. You know, like Elaine was saying, a lot of us are single mothers. Um, Perhaps there's something going on in your home. Maybe you have multiple children with multiple different complications. Maybe you're blending a family, Kim. That's a whole new level. Be realistic about what it is that you're asking yourself. And I think that if, if, I could write myself a letter to the nine-year-old new mother, you know, and and said, you know what, you're going to look like, you know, like trash some days, but you're going to, it doesn't change the love that you have for yourself and for your children. And, and a lot of times you're going to burn the soup on the stove. And a lot of the times you're going to forget a lot of these things and, and run out of petrol. I mean, I've got so many amazing stories I can tell you of, of the first three years of Elise's life where I was just in this void. If somebody, or if, if that myself had given me th- that realistic picture back then, that your best is actually good enough, like what we're saying, that your value doesn't change, but be realistic about what you're asking of yourself every day because some days you can't make the beds some days you're lucky if you you just keep everybody safe and not bleeding right so maybe and also when you're sick I mean you've been fighting a flu for the last two weeks Kim and you've had to let some stuff go so I think if all women can actually look themselves in the mirror and be realistic about what they're asking in themselves that would also change how we feel so one of the exercises Nicole that we give our coaching clients and I love sharing the stuff on our radio show so everybody can benefit from it is we'll have them make a list of every single thing they do for or with their family and their children. And and this ends up being usually a really long list. And then we want them to go through the list and identify what matters most. What is the most important thing? And most of them at the end of the day tell us the most important thing is one-on-one time to listen to my children. That's what they need more than they need a clean house. 
more than they need perfectly packed lunches. They need a mom who listens and makes them feel important and valued every single day. And it, it's really helpful when you identify that, that you can set aside some time every day for those things that matter most. And then at the end of the day, when you never got a shower and you're still in your pajamas and you know, you didn't make a healthy dinner, we had cold cereal again, you can at least say, but I listened. And that's what matters most. And then it's a win. I love that. I absolutely love that, particularly those newborn years, right? And also the listening in the teenage years, just as equally, right? Showing up in that way. I love that. Another tip I want to give our listeners is when you are in that mother guilt and you're pulling yourself apart and gosh why can't you get it together and there's other mothers who do better than you and all of that negative self-talk and that mindset if you can stop yourself in that moment and say is this serving me is this really making my day better is this really making me a better mom because in all honesty we do it all day without being accountable for what those thoughts are actually doing to our self-esteem and to then also our productivity in the home and before you know it you've sat in that funk for three hours right just beating yourself up nothing's changed and it's it's actually pulling you down kim so what we want everybody to recognize really nicole is that 90 percent of how you're feeling about yourself and how much mother guilt you're experiencing today 99% of it is the story that you're telling yourself. And we have to own the fact that we have control over that story. So I can spend the whole day in mother guilt story. I can dwallow in self-pity. I can feel like a failure. I can complain. But you've got to own that you're choosing that to be your story today. It's not your only option. You you can always find an example of a woman who's doing better than you, but you can always find an example of people who are doing worse, right? And so what, which story are you going to focus on? And, and all it takes is to remember, you know, yeah, maybe I, I'm still in my pajamas all day today and my, my kids had cold cereal for dinner, but they're, they're not abused you know, I mean, there, there's so many ways you could be worse. Focus on what is right and what you are trying to do and and tell yourself a story that includes that you have the same value as every other person, no matter what big part of your story that you've got to tell yourself every day. And as hard as that is to own that we have power over that story, it's the most powerful choice we can make to claim it. Now, as you're saying that, what comes to mind for me, Kim, is that some days you've got to fake it until you make it, right? Some days you don't have it. You don't have it in you to do that correction. So how can you actually be the love and validate all those other women that you know of who are in exactly the same situation? And can you fake it for them? I remember breastfeeding my babies in the middle of the night and it was this beautiful, quiet time and it was very eerie, a very tranquil, peaceful energy of just me and my baby, precious, precious memories. And I remember thinking that in this moment I could choose to be angry and feel taken from and it's another night of no sleep and I could have that story or I could sit here and I could send love out from my heart to all the other mums sitting in chairs in dark rooms all around the world who were sitting there showing up for their babies and if I can't feel good about myself and how well I did today, I could just send them love and congratulations that I'm not the only one who's sitting here feeling alone and perhaps having a story of being taken from, right? That I have this, I'm part of this universal sisterhood of women who are choosing to do this for their babies. And I have to tell you, it, it, it filled me up. 
So on those days where you can't do it for yourself, send a text message to the other women, put a Facebook post up, do something to say, you know what, I honor you as a woman and for how hard it is and for all the other women who have still got spilt milk on their counter from breakfast and it's three o'clock in the afternoon, I salute you. You are doing amazing and every single one of us is amazing because we're mothers. So I have to tell you one of my secrets, Nicole, if you follow me on social media, um, when I'm at a low point like that, I like to go online and find some great quote that centers me back, helps me get into gratitude and change my story. And I post that on social media to help other people, but it is all about choosing that attitude for myself. So whatever I'm posting, you know where I am today because I'm posting what I needed to get me in a better place that day. And, and that's a positive thing that I can actually take a few minutes to do that helps me make that change. And that's something that any of us could do. It's actually a gift to all the other women because you are not the only one who has this story about your three-year-old that chicken's been fine every other lunchtime, but today apparently it's not. I mean, we've all been there. And so I think that we can band together and build each other up. I think if we make that decision to validate and be the love in the room and, and really stand up for all the women who are doing the best they can, I think it changes our energy. And, you know, Nicole, we we also probably need to pause and send some love to all the women who don't have children who wish they had our problems. I always think, you know, as hard as these days are managing these kids, there's women who would give anything to be in those shoes. So, you know, gratitude is the quickest way to change your mindset, your story. Get into a story of gratitude and it changes everything fast. And everything we've said today is absolutely relevant for dads too. There's a lot of single dads out there who are also doing the all-nighters. It's not just women, but we did, you know, we're talking mostly about women, but this is parenthood in general. Absolutely. So, Nicole, this has been fun. We have lots more really great content coming up. We've got to go to a break. But we want everybody to take a minute, maybe on our break, and think about what you need to turn your mindset around and be positive. Yeah, stay with us. You're here with Nicole and Kim on Relationship Radio. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com does my marriage have to be so hard? How do I get my team to communicate without drama? Why is my boss such a jerk? Why is my mother-in-law so controlling? If you want the answers to these questions and many more, you must read the new book called The People's Guidebook for Great Relationships. It's a small book and a quick read, but packed with the information you've always needed to understand and get along with all the people in your life. Master Life Coaches Nicole and Kim show you how to resolve conflicts and what language to use with each of your children to build more meaningful connections. In this new book, they reveal their life-changing 12 Shapes People Science and teach you about yourself and other people on the level that changes everything. Get your copy of the People Guidebook for Great Relationships at 12shapes.com. Again, the number 12shapes.com. Most companies have an existing accounting and finance department which are very capable of handling their day-to-day workload. However, all companies have extra or lingering projects from time to time. 
Now CFO provides extra professionals as an extension of your current team for those times. We help push accounting and finance projects across the finish line. We can also backfill full-time finance and accounting positions on an interim basis. Now CFO is a fully scalable outsourced solution. Throttle our hours up or down depending on your needs. Now CFO consultants work under your guidance at your location so you can oversee the hours we put in. We are engaged to deliver a solution. Visit nowcfo.com to learn more or call now CFO at 1-855-669-2361 to schedule a free consultation today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at upskillrelationships.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back. You're here with Nicole and Kim. We've had a lovely chat with Elena today. Uh, we would love to receive your calls. Uh, every week here on Relationship Radio, you can call in and tell us what's going on in your relationships, and we'd love to hear from you. Nicole, we just got a, a message from a single dad out there, Brent, who said, this is helping him so much. He's so grateful for this call today. So that was fun. Absolutely love it. That's great. Now let's talk more about guilt because when I think about guilt and I think about kids, there's other words that come to my mind. Manipulation, control, and and this is little people and this is older people too. This is teenagers because they've learned what, what an, your buttons are and how to push them. They've got a lot of years of practice. I think every parent knows you've got a kid who's figured out how to manipulate you, right? I mean, some there's some of these shapes that figure it out really early on how to how to get to you. So, Nicole, there's some signs that we could share with our listeners about how to recognize that you might be susceptible to being guilt manipulated by your children. And the first one is if you've got self-esteem issues, if you deal with a lot of fear of not being good enough and your kids pick up on that, they know that if they can trigger that, that they can get you to do what they want so that you will feel like a good mom and 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 a mom that, that your kids like, and that will make you feel better. And boy, they can use that. So I actually had a situation uh, late last year with my nine-year-old star, and she would turn the waterworks on whenever I'd have to work a late night. And she was she knew that that was my my pain point, and so she would do that. And I remember having to take her out on a one-on-one, which we have mummy and me time. And because she was a star, it was all about connection and about time, and I knew that was what her value. And she knew that that work is a reality as a single mom. I've got to do it. Sometimes it includes nights. And I remember having to say to her, I will not allow you to make me feel guilty about my work because I love my work and I have a great work ethic and I don't want you to resent my work and therefore resent work and therefore have a bad work ethic. So you need to understand that mummy loves her job and it's not that I love my job more than you, but I love my job and it's part of me being of value in the world and I help a lot of people and I love what I do. And one day when you're old, you're going to be able to love your job too and you don't have to have guilt around it, doing what it is that you love. A really pivotal moment for us in parenting, we don't have the waterworks now, the manipulation. I just now talk about I'm going to work nights and I love my work and I'm lucky to have it. 
Wow. You know, Nicole, I see a lot of this happen when there's been a divorce and you're a single parent and it doesn't matter if you're the mom or the dad, you've got some guilt that you're carrying over the fact that you couldn't keep this family together and your child is now away from their other parent. And, and they pick up on that. And I remember a day when one of them wanted something and I wouldn't give it to them. And, and I got tears around, but my life is so hard. You and dad broke up and, and look how hard I have it. And, and they literally know exactly the button to push, the guilt that I have around that, that would make me want to make that up to them at some level. And we see a lot of divorced parents, especially, who are giving into that way too much, trying to make up for what's happened in their family. And it ends up hurting the kids more than helping them. And obviously, it's a detriment to us. What do you think about that one? I'd love to talk to that for a minute because you know what? There's no amount of donuts that can fill that hole. Okay. And what we truly believe, and you've been listening to us for a while, or even today's show, we talked about this idea that life is a classroom and not a test. You can change that guilt for yourself and also the manipulation for your children just by then having a new discussion, a new perspective saying, you know what? Yes, this has happened. And yes, it's sad for all of us. And yes, we're all working through it. But on some level, I'm just choosing to trust that this was all our perfect journey and that this is exactly what we're meant to be learning right now. And that what you're going through right now, you can have that sob story about and poor me and my family or you could use it to strengthen you and I bet there's other people around you who have gone through the same thing and wouldn't it be wonderful if your strength and your experience could serve someone else now that sounds so good if but you've got to buy that you've got to actually choose that as your truth and if you struggle with that we've actually done a whole call to help you get in trust about your journey and what's happened it's our Human Behavior 102 show. Yes. And so this is something that you've got to work on with adjusting your own perspective and also being really clear about the behavior that you're role modeling. So if you're in a situation where you're putting on that sob story and they're watching you eat tub after tub of ice cream and poor me and your dad this and all of that stuff, then that's exactly what they're going to pick up. You get to make a decision. What's our story going to be around our circumstances? Well, I'm choosing that life is amazing and we're all a team and we're going to work through this together. Okay, so I have a confession. So um, one day I I got mad at one of my kids for doing something they shouldn't have done. And they played the self-pity card. And and I watched them doing this. That, But mom, my life is so hard and I have no friends. And look at all this wrong in my life. They went to the self-pity place to get out of being responsible for what they did. And I was just... You know, how terrible is this? My kid is doing this. And it wasn't, but a few days later, I caught myself doing the same exact thing. Using, (laughs) that's interesting. So that's what happens is that they role model your behavior, don't they? They spend time behaving the way that you do. So what's your attitude been? I love that confession. That's very brave of you today. (laughs) Well, you know what? We can't model good behavior for our kids unless we adopt it because they are going to do what we do, not what we say. What about those teenagers who like to place that blame? This is your fault and that this wouldn't happen if you didn't do it. It triggers up those emotions where you can feel taken from. So maybe you do have some loss going on in your life at the moment um, and you're seeing life through this glass half empty mentality. Well, you're responsible for your own happiness and, and there's some work to be done for you. The other thing I want to talk about in terms of, um, you know, this manipulation and guilt is that a lot of the time these kids don't even realize they're doing it, Kim. 
And so we, we have to hold them accountable for their behavior, but we've also got to point it out to them. A lot of the time, if they are just modeling our behavior or they're just immature or they are experiencing emotions, a lot of the time they might just be trying to process. So, yes, we want to go in there and say, hey, you can't make me feel guilty, but it has to be an equal balance with validating their fears, right? Because sometimes it's not always manipulative and controlling. They're just trying to make sense of it. Now, Nicole, we work with a lot of parents who struggle with guilt about being tough on the kids. And, and having rules and, and not giving them everything they want because they want so badly to be liked. And it's a parent guilt issue when we care so much about being liked that we're afraid to do what our kids really need. So I worked with a family last year, Kim, who they were very invested in being their friend. Their parents, the parents were trying to be their friend. They were trying to be cool and creating the, the environment at home that all their friends wanted to hang out with. And although they were greatly meaning with re- incredible intentions to doing that and wanting all the teenagers to hang out, they didn't have very firm boundaries and they came to us for help because they found that very easily they were being manipulated by not just their teenager but now a group of teenagers because they had actually played too much of the friendship card. And we talk often about how that relationship does change. It goes from that parental-child relationship to more of an adult-adult relationship, more of an equal. But we still do have to be firm with our boundaries, don't we? Otherwise, we will find ourselves in that situation where we are being manipulated. So what the parents that are nervous about that are afraid of is that they're going to come from a mean place. They're actually going to go from a friend to a parent who talks down, who's the enemy. And nobody wants wants to be the enemy. What you're talking about is an adult to adult dynamic where you're not talking down to that teenager and being mean to them, but you're talking to them as an equal adult and you're expecting them to honor and respect you as much as they are willing to honor and respect them. And and that's a totally different energy than being the bad guy, being the mean parent, which I don't think is ever necessary. I think we can have very firm boundaries, but do it from a place of mutual respect, seeing them as the same as us and not being harsh or mean at all. Now, the dialogue is cl- is absolute key here, isn't it, to, to be clear about it. And it comes down to being really clear about the expectations. So one of the scenarios that came up with this family was, absolutely, I'm so happy that you're going to have everybody here. But before everybody leaves in the morning, everyone's going to clean up and they're going to wash their own sheets and put the sleeping bags away. And you're going to put the, the basement back together and you're going to vacuum and all of that. Because that's a mutual respect. That's an adult to adult. That's You're matured enough. We, we're allowing this space and allowing you to have this party and, and have this gathering, but I'm not going to be controlled and manipulated to it being made, making more work for me, right? You're going to be accountable for what you and your friends do. And and I think that was a that's a really healthy um, example of how there has to be give and take, and but you have to be clear and communicate those expectations clearly. Otherwise, you will find yourself in guilt afterwards because they make you feel bad. And then you're also doing more work than what you wanted to and overgiving. So you're really good at this. I watch you with your girls before you go into anywhere. 
you sit down and talk to them about what's expected. Yeah, so I spent a lot of time um, talking about the social norms. Um, and a lot of that's come because I have got a child that's on the spectrum and she's not always wonderful at, at reading those cues. So a big part of that has been, right, we're going into a restaurant now, girls. Now you remember that you need to be courteous to the waiters. You need to ask mummy if you need to go to the bathroom and mummy will take you. Uh, you need to be really careful with your manners. No elbows on the table. Put your napkin on your lap. You need to be using your knife and fork. And just gentle reminders around setting expectations. Now, obviously, they need to be age and stage specific, but they're the things that then mean that we have a healthy functional outing. And I'm not chasing kids all over the restaurant that sometimes I've seen other families do. And and that would apply very much so no matter what age your children are to sit down ahead of time and talk about what's expected and how we're going to both respect each other. And I, especially as they get older, like to ask if there's anything I could do to show up and respect and honor them more. And then I ask if they would be willing to do such and such just to make me feel respected and honored also. And if you're willing to have it go both ways, guess what? You can be friends and have a good relationship and you're not the bad guy. You're, and you're also modeling the kind of adult behavior that they need to learn so they can use it on everybody in their world. So if you're listening to this show today and you're thinking, goodness me, yeah, my teenagers are taking advantage and I, I do have the parties at my house and I end up cleaning up afterwards or, you know what, my teenager borrows the car and it comes back, comes back and it's full of fast food wrappers and they don't put petrol back in, maybe this is a time for you to actually monitor and, and realign those boundaries for yourself so that you can be in a place where you're not overgiving, you're role modeling some really healthy behavior and things are actually going to be moving in the right direction because a lot of the guilt we have is because of their language. Their language is entitled, but we set that st- that system up in to begin with. That's not something that they just got from their friends. Yeah, Nicole, we also have to be prepared to, f- to be okay if they're mad at us. And, and I and, and maybe even don't like you to some degree because you've had a boundary or a rule. And we have to be okay with that and know that our value is the same anyway. And that's with younger children too. So I'm sorry that uh, you, you are not happy that I can't read you a story tonight, but we all made the decision to watch the movie and it's a Saturday night we all watched Disney, which meant that you knew that you weren't going to get a story tonight. So don't put the guilt on now that we're in your bedroom because I'm not going to wear it because this is we were really clear. And this is where the communication is key to this but also you being clear about what it is that you're wanting if you as a parent and particularly as a mother or a single mother the single dads or, or you or your spouse are not on the same page about what it is that you are wanting to create you do you find yourself in more guilt than what you would otherwise oh I actually want you to talk a little bit more about the I'm not going to wear that I I just love watching you say that to the kids that you can try to make me feel guilty but I'm not going to own this because this doesn't belong to me this is actually your issue. If you want to be upset about it, that's fine. But I'm going to stay in a confident, loving place, the same as always. And I'm not going to let that affect me. That's so powerful. Yeah, so I've had to do that um, be- just because of the realities of, uh, and I've, I accepted a long time ago, the realities of being a single mom and what that meant. And my kids were very good at making me feel guilty in lots of different ways and also not helping around the house. And I, it has to be a team environment when, you know, for, for me anyway. And and so they would do things with guilt all the time. And I would go, no, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this. We're not going out to the playground because you haven't helped me with this and this task. I did my bit, but you haven't done your bit. And we're a team. And if you want to be rewarded and all of us go out and do fun things, we have to work and cooperate. So that's something I set up earlier on. And my hope is that then I'm going to have less entitled teens, but we'll see. 
So for me, a lot of times that is watching this child who's pissed off walk around the house and be mad and have this bad attitude and not letting that affect me at all. Staying in a happy, respectful, good place like nothing's going on. I mean, I literally have to completely ignore it so that it doesn't work. So it doesn't change your value. And at that moment, you've actually got to give yourself a little ribbon and say, no, I'm being a good parent. This is hard, but this is a really good parental experience. It's a good family experience for everybody. Unfortunately, Kim, we've run out of time again today here. On Man, Relations our Radio. show goes by so fast. We hope this has been valuable. I know this is a, um, a topic that is very, very popular. So hopefully people will see this as a resource and listen to it again and again. And we look forward to connecting with you again on Relationship Radio next week. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for being a part of Relationship Radio. We hope you've not only received some great ideas to improve the relationships in your life, but we'll join Master Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles again next Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a wonderful week.